So for me, I was always trying to make these connections between what is the truth and how have we whitewashed some of, you know, this information about people as a whole to fit within nursing. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa DiDonato. And I'm Marian Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a Penn Nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. On the next episode of the Amplify Nursing podcast, we talk with Raven Aponte. Raven is a doctoral student at the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing in the Barbara Faith Center for the Study of the History of Nursing, focusing her research on the history of Black nurses. Raven started her educational career with a Bachelor's of Arts in African American Studies with a minor in Health Disparities and then received a Bachelor of Science in Nursing, working as a pediatric ICU nurse. It was the combination of these experiences that led her interest in nursing history and workforce diversity, and which ultimately led her to co-create the Nurses You Should Know project. Nurses You Should Know is a social media and digital campaign whose goal is to elevate the stories of nurses of color and to make their impact more widely known. We talk with Raven about how her educational, clinical, and life experiences contributed to the work she does today, the disconnect between nursing history and practice, and how she's using the Nurses You Should Know project to highlight the work nurses of color have done and are doing to contribute to the nursing profession. So Raven, thank you so much for coming to speak with us today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to nursing? Yeah, of course. So my name is Raven. I'm originally from Miami, Florida. There, my family has a lot of nurses, but there, most of them are like CNAs, LPNs, and a few registered nurses. So I knew I was always like, and my mom worked in a cardiologist's office. And I remember her on the weekends, like going to work overtime. <laughs> and I would always tag along with her and like just play with the office supplies while she's like putting in files. So I always knew like I wanted to work in healthcare in some capacity. So when I got to college, I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Like there was nursing, I could go to medical school. I was thinking physician assistant. I just really didn't know specifically what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to do healthcare. But then around the same time, I had this huge epiphany. So when I went to college, I went to a predominantly white institution, which which is the University of Florida. And when I got there, I feel like that was the first time that I really started confronting racism. And like, what did it mean to be a Black woman? which is surprising, you know, 18 year old me, like, really, this is the first time you realize what it meant to be black. So that I'm going through all those changes as like an undergrad student. And I was like, you know what, I want to do something that's more meaningful. Like, you know, my experiences are so special. So I decided to major in African American studies. And then I also heard about, you know, like second degree nursing programs. I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just do a second degree nursing program after I graduate, because I really wanted to do like coursework in African American studies and just kind 
kind of focused more on this Black history that I feel like I never really learned. So that's how I kind of went into nursing as a second degree program. So after graduating undergrad, I started nursing school at Duke University. I did their ABSN program. So that's kind of how I transitioned from like African-American studies to nursing. That's really cool. So how do you think that background in African-American studies changes your perspective in terms of your other nurses that you come in contact with? Oh yeah. It's, oh my goodness. Every day I feel like I'm having an epiphany, (laughs) Um, but I feel like going into nursing school. So my, my degree was in African-American studies and health disparities, but you know, majoring in African-American studies, I was taking these courses that centered the narrative of like African-Americans, black Americans, and it centered the narrative. So we talked about racism, but we talked about education and politics and health from the perspective of black people themselves, which was so interesting for me. So when I got into nursing, we're not talking about nursing, we're talking about people and like different cultures, but it's off, it was often in relation to like white people and like whiteness. And I, so like, I'm taking my nursing courses and we're talking about disease processes and like different, you know, cultures. And I'm like, wait, this is weird. And I was like, or even sometimes when we were talking about like black patients, I was like, no, I don't really think it happens like that. So there was kind of sometimes a a disconnect between what I previously learned, previously learned in like undergrad versus in nursing school. So for me, I was always trying to make these connections between what is the truth and how have we whitewashed some of, you know, this information about people as a whole to fit within nursing. And I think the biggest example where I saw that happen was when we started talking about like Florence Nightingale. A lot of nursing schools, they have like a Florence Nightingale, like the pledge where, you know, you first start nursing school and you commit to be like a great nurse. We didn't have that. But Florence Nightingale was like our pinnacle of like, she's the one who created American nursing and she's who we learn about and she's who we need to like replicate and be like. And I was like, oh, I don't really think she created, you know, exactly nursing because I remember learning and of course, Black women's health, this long history of Black women and their contributions to like healthcare. Mm -hmm. Um who they were as like nurses and healers. And I was like, why aren't we also talking about that? Like it wasn't just Florence Nightingale. So that's kind of always been my tension with nursing and like African-American studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mary Siebold was a contemporary of uh, Florence Nightingale who has gotten no recognition. And she, she did so much. I mean, did you find, so Okay. So you, you do this degree in African-American studies, you, you come into this ABSN program and you're starting to see how differently you see the world versus how you're being taught to see the world through this lens. So how did you, how did you reconcile that? And did you talk to people in your program about it? Was it something that you felt like you wanted to share or change at the time? Or was it something that came later? It definitely came later because I think, you know, being in nursing school, you're focusing on like nursing, like how do I just be a nurse? So it's Mm -hmm. like, I have this tension on the inside, but at the same time, I'm trying to learn like, okay, how do I take a blood pressure? Like, how do I introduce (laughs) myself to the patient? Like, what is this disease process and how do I remember all these medications? So I think that's where my focus was on in nursing school. I don't think, or I don't, and I don't really think I had this opportunity to really think about like, what does this mean? Like black nurses, Hispanic nurses, like I don't really think I had the time or even the opportunity really to sit down and discuss that. I'm Mm -hmm. sure if I really 
took more initiative probably I could have found a faculty member we could have talked about it and they could have taught me but really it was just focused on like this is nursing school this is what I need to do to survive Mm -hmm. and even in like practice like I worked in a pediatric cardiac ICU like we were not talking about history on the unit you know I'm like with babies with patients and families and I think just being a new nurse that's a lot of what I was focusing on um, so I still had, you know, like my background, like I was reading history books, like for fun <laughs> and like learning about, you know, like different people and their stories, but definitely didn't give it much attention in nursing school and like in practice. I think there's a huge disconnect between like this nursing history and like actual practice, which I gave most of my attention to. But I think after around maybe like year two, I don't want to say I was starting to get bored, but like nursing at the bedside got really repetitive for me. I'm somebody who like, I'm always doing something like, okay, I want to learn something new. I want to be challenged. So I think after around year two, I started getting bored. I don't know if bored is the right word, but I was, you know, I was waking up, I was working my three shifts a week taking Mm -hmm. care of the patients, going home, doing the same thing over and over. And I just felt like, I was like, I want to do more. Like, I just want to think more beyond cardiology. So that's kind of where I got interested. And I was like, okay, let me Google nursing history. So I Google nursing history and the Barbara Bates Center pops up. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, this is a PhD program. We have this um, center for the history of nursing. And I'm like, what? Like, and that's where I was like, oh, nursing history is like its own field. Like, this is real. So that's kind of where I started to transition into nursing history for real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what are you studying in your PhD program? So I came in now, of course, my interest is in um, nursing history, but I specifically looking back at my application, I was like, what were you writing about? But I was like, I wanted to look at the history of black nurses in the civil rights movement, because Mm -hmm. I think even with my own tensions, when I was looking at, you know, like the history of African-Americans in America, like we talked about the civil rights movement and all these political leaders and thought leaders and what they did for like desegregation and integration. And we talked about like education and politics. And I was like, so what about the nurses? Like, what did the nurses do? And I really didn't find much. So I I was like, you know what? I'm going to find out what they did. So Mm -hmm. that's, I specifically came in wanting to look at black nurses during the civil rights movement. But now that I've done a little bit more work and reading, I've kind of broadened it a little bit. So I'm currently looking at right now, um, how black nurses engaged with black women's clubs in the early 19th century. century. So what black women's clubs were in the early like 19th century, century, basically black women organized in like official like benevolent and civic organizations and they address like a lot of the issues in their communities Mm -hmm. and one of the things they specifically looked at were a lot of health issues because they realized well if we want to teach you know people how to read and how to care for themselves and be good mothers we have to first make them healthy so that they can even attend some of these classes Mm -hmm. um so that's what i'm currently trying to look at now and see how they interacted or how black nurses were involved in these clubs to help put on a lot of those programs and initiatives I think it's incredible that you're looking at, I mean, basically you're, you're talking about disparities that were happening at the turn of the 20th century that continue today. Oh yeah. It's like this huge connection. And I think too, when we talk about health disparities, we really talk about it in a contemporary way, a lot of times Mm -hmm. especially in nursing. But for me, I'm like, wait, these issues have been going on for centuries and people have been addressing them for centuries. We just, I think too, we have to look at like, how have people been addressing it and how did it work and how didn't it work and what can we do now? Yeah, that's fascinating. And I, 
have you, is there anything that you've seen that worked way back when that we sort of lost track of and, and aren't continuing to do today? Um, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I got to think about that. <laughs> I, I think, and it's kind of like an early thought, but I think when you look back, you see a lot of, because we're talking about segregation. So a lot of like mm. racial groups are working amongst themselves because, you know, segregation, they're not allowed to be integrated in certain spaces. Mm-hmm. So I think you see a lot of groups. So specifically for me, you see black women organizing amongst themselves, you know, like to say like, well, since we're not allowed to join white women's club, and they already had this long history of like community consciousness and community caring, they put on a lot of programs themselves, and they were involved in these group efforts. So you see them putting on these programs, for, specifically for black people in their communities. And the programs worked because they like were addressing some of the relevant issues, but they didn't just address health. They, I feel like you see them like, how do I make this interesting for them? Like, how do I use the language that they understand? Also, how have our, you know, like I've already developed trust, you know, with these people. So of course they want to, you know, work with me and they'll listen to me on how to become healthy. Where I think now, and this is something I'm still thinking about it, but when we look at integration, Integration was like, okay, we're all together. Let's, you know, work together and address our health issues. So I don't think a lot of, you know, people of color get that specific attention that they need. Like, how do I help develop trust? How do I speak to them in a language that they understand? How do I allow them to have some agency over their lives? I think now, post, you know, desegregation, it's kind of like, well, we're all the same, you know, like, here are the resources. Like, it's not a one, I guess, one shoe fits all or one size fits all. Yeah, it's not a one size fits all thing. So I think I think we're trying to incorporate it, but I don't think we're doing as good of a job as we could. And then even I'm sure someone too can argue, you know, back then we weren't doing it all too well, but that's my perspective. Yeah, I think that, I mean, my personal thought on the whole thing is that mm-hmm. the further we get away from that sense of community, yeah. the harder it is to implement a lot of these things. So there's so many great things that come along with technology, being able to create apps or, you know, connect with people who are all over the place. But at the same time, you don't really know those people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we've segued so far into the digital age that we're able to fully socialize that way. But when you're talking about women's clubs, these are people who, you know, they were neighbors and they knew each other and they knew each other's kids. And I mean, I remember just growing up you know, every mom on the street was your mom. Like at any given time, some lady would stick her head out the door and say, go to the store and get me bread. (laughs) And you just had to go. So, I I mean, I can't, I think that um, it's going to be interesting to see as you dig into this, if there are things that were happening then that we lost track of over time and that we could probably revisit and do really well with and scale differently. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see what I find. Hi, we hope you're enjoying this episode, and we'll be back with more in a few minutes after this quick break. Soothing Sense supports the Amplify Nursing podcast. Nurses are busier than ever, with even more pressure to create positive perceptions of care while keeping risks low. Queez Ease by Soothing Sense was designed to do just that. Created by a nurse anesthetist, Queez Ease is an innovative aromatherapy intervention that helps manage patient nausea and discomfort without IVs or a physician's order. 
It's entirely drug-free and non-drowsy, it smells great, and it comes in a groundbreaking inhaler system that patients can use all by themselves whenever needed. Request your sample kit today at soothing-sense.com medical. Talk to us a little bit about Nurses You Should Know. Oh, yes. This is our my little baby. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I'll give a little background, too, of how I even got involved with Nurses You Should Know. So it's so funny. I think maybe earlier this year, so like February during Black History Month, I was on this social media app. It's called Clubhouse. And it's mm-hmm. like this new app. It's audio only. So you can't see people like it's no video. You can't message people really. It's just an audio only app and people can open rooms. So someone can open a room on like any topic that they want. So for us, it was like um, Black History Month. So of course I went in the room. I'm like, I want to see what everyone's talking about. So you, you go into the room and it's literally a room and you can go on a stage and people talk, but then there's an audience where people can listen. So I'm just listening. I somehow, of course, end up on the stage <laughs> and I started talking about my own work, about how I'm looking at the history of black nurses and, you know, things that they did in the past. And there's someone, her name is Dr. Sandy Kayo. Um, and I think she's actually a doctoral student now too, but I also know she's a DMP and she was like, oh my goodness, I know somebody who's looking at, you know, the history of nursing. Let me connect you to. So I'm like, oh, perfect. A connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's like, let me connect you with somebody that I know. So she then introduces, Dr. Kale introduces me to the Joanna. Her name's Joanna Seltzer. And then mm-hmm. she's also doing, I think her PhD in like Um, something in education, but she's like, we meet and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at, you know, like the history of nursing and how we use it in nursing education. And I, you know, I wanted to do this like digital project to help highlight some of, you know, our nurses of color that I'm reading about, but yeah, I haven't, I never learned about in nursing school. Mm -hmm. And that same time I was like, oh my goodness, I was just thinking like, I want to do something on social media where like, I highlight black nurses every, you know, during the month and talk about things that they did because I was like, there's enough black nurses to talk about for the whole month. Mm-hmm. So from there, um, I think we as a team, we kind of went and developed nurses you should know. So and so what nurses you should know is a social media campaign, basically. So for the whole year, we we wanted to highlight nurses of color. So we wanted to kind of decenter Florence Nightingale and highlight this long history of nurses of color and their contributions that they've made, but also not just nurses in the past, but present day nurses. Um, So we wanted to connect the past with the present and kind of just make it accessible to your everyday nurse who wanted to learn more about nurses beyond Florence Nightingale. So what we do, we have a blog, um, post videos on Instagram, and then And then we post these videos on Vimeo. So it's kind of like this three part (laughs) series. (laughs) We're just like posting everywhere, just trying to share these stories. It's like rich history, these stories of past and present day nurses and kind of just starting to reshape this narrative of like, what is nursing? Who can be a nurse? And in a way, like what have we done in nursing that has probably hindered or helped, you know, other nurses who probably didn't fit in this like traditional narrative of, you know, like your white nurse. That's fantastic. Yeah. And then, I mean, and it's still, it's, it was our first year. It was a lot of learning on like, okay, like, and we're making this up as we go. We, we had an idea and we're just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to highlight these nurses. This is how we're going to do it. Like this, this worked, this didn't work. Um, it's mm-hmm. definitely been a learning process, but even then, 
another thing for me, I think, which I enjoy so much about this project, even for me, like I focus on black nurses, but we wanted to also highlight nurses beyond this black and white paradigm. Like what about mm-hmm. indigenous nurses? What about Hispanic, you know, n- you know, nurses, Asian American nurses, which has been a learning, even for me, I was like, what? I've never learned this. So I think it's even helped me broaden my idea of like, what is nursing history and what haven't I learned? Yeah, it's, it's a really, really cool site. Uh, I mean, I, I highly suggest that everybody take a look at it because it, there's really, there's really cool nurses on there doing really cool things. If it's, it's a phenomenal platform for a, a bunch of different reasons. You know, I think amplifying what nurses do on a regular basis and letting everyone know what it is that we're capable of is really important because n- nobody really sees the full depth of what nursing does. I mean, nursing nurses are the, the linchpin that holds the whole system together. All the nurses decided not to show up tomorrow mm-hmm. of every single capacity, every single economic sector in this country would suffer significantly oh. because there are nurses in business. There are nurses, you know, they're not just in healthcare, they're everywhere. And, you know, we have such a rich skill set to, to do so many different things and to bring all these things together. I think it's phenomenal that you're highlighting, you're highlighting that. And then also to highlight people who don't necessarily get the spotlight. You know, we know that nursing is predominantly white and predominantly female, and that's what everyone sees. And I I think it's really important to highlight that that's not the only thing that's there. Yeah, I think that's been for me, like, you know, I'm thinking like now that this project is almost done because we were kind of planning for one year. So we're coming toward our, you know, one year mark. It's like, okay, what now? Or even like now, what do we do with this? But I think even just looking at it for what it is, I feel like I've like we created this library of like over a hundred nurses. And like you said, they're, they're not just nurses, but like they're educators. They're like leaders of their own companies. They're like wellness coaches. I think I just did a story this past week on her name's Dr. Allison Hernandez and she's a health policy staffer. And I'm like, how do you get into like health policy? Like you're working Mm -hmm. like basically in the white house in my head. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like, I don't think we would ever think of a nurse in, you know, like in the white house or in Congress, but it's like, yeah, nurses can do this. And of course we know about Lauren Underwood as, you know, one of our main Mm -hmm congresswoman but it's like who else like or how else do you even get involved in government so I think even just highlighting these stories helps inspires other people who are like oh I might be interested in that maybe how can I connect with her or like what path did she what path did he or she take and what can I do similarly to do that also right did um did Allison Hernandez did she work for Dr. uh for Donna Shalala Oh yeah, because, okay. So when we were, (laughs) this has been another thing doing the project, it's like, we're going on a scavenger hunt. So we're just trying to find like their history. Like, what have you been involved in? And I think I saw that they did an Amplify Nursing podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah. I was going to say, when you were talking about, I'm like, that name sounds really familiar. I feel like I met her before. Um, She's, she's so cool. She's such a cool girl. She was really, I shouldn't say girl. She's such a cool woman. She is. (laughs) incredibly intelligent. And that was a great interview that we had with her and, and Donna Shalala. She, she's doing amazing things. So you plan to do the project for a year and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with it next. 
what do you think will be the next steps for it? Like, are you going to shut it down or just kind of? Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so we have so many ideas of like what we want to do. We're just like, we need money. We want all the money in the world <laughs> and time to like, just sit and do this project. But I uh-huh. think so the project we originally planned for one year and we kind of broke it down, you know, like each month, like what, who we were going to highlight. But now that the year, year is coming to a close, we're trying to figure out our next steps. And I think ideally what we're thinking is because we have this like rich catalog of like nurses, like past and present, we're thinking of hopefully like, how can we turn this in a, into a toolkit? Because mm-hmm. now that we have these like histories of nurses and like we're moving beyond this narrative of Florence Nightingale, how can we use these stories to help us talk about some of our complex issues in nursing? Like, how do we talk about racism? How do we talk about sexism? How do we talk about health policy? Because I think a lot of times in nursing education, we're like, these are important topics. And like, we have to incorporate this into nursing. But I think we need to figure out a way, like, how can we help educators, you know, lead some of these discussions? Because not every nurse educator is going to know this rich history of nursing and I you know like not everyone is going to be a historian but how can we maybe create a toolkit to help them have some of those discussions and you know kind of use some case studies or examples of nurses who went through these struggles and like how did they overcome some of these issues I think we think it will be a really good way to like help educators but also help students realize the complexity of nursing um because I know for me, I like reading 30 page articles because like I'm a historian at heart, that's fine. But I can't expect your everyday <laughs> nursing student, your everyday nurse to be sitting reading a 30 page article. They need something quick, something that's interesting and like captivating. And like, how does this help me in my practice today? So we're trying to figure out how can we make this into a toolkit that's more applicable for like your contemporary nurse? Yeah. And that's the forte of nurses, right? Making everything, making it accessible and practical. Yeah, definitely. I think too, Mm -hmm. another thing is that we also want to continue like highlighting nurses. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing this project, like volunteer based, like I'm in between classes and like, you know, working and like doing my own research projects. Mm -hmm. And then Joanna's like, she's a mom of two. She's married. Like she's also in school. And then like Uh we have our other advisors who are like faculty and like Dean. So like everyone's so busy. So this has been like on a volunteer basis. So it's kind of just been like, okay, how do we, you know, put time for this? But I think a lot of the feedback that we got from a lot of nurses and just non-nurses, they're like, keep this project going. Like we love reading these stories. Like it's so inspiring. So I think we definitely were like, we're like, okay, we can't just figure out how to make this into a toolkit, but how can we continue, you know, still highlighting a lot of, you know, nurses. Um, so I think we'll, we'll do a year or two. Maybe I'm speaking <laughs> too soon, but I think <laughs> we want to do a year or two where we keep highlighting these nurses past and present because we have lists of nurses that we haven't gotten to their stories yet. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So hopefully I think we'll try to continue a year or two. Yeah, that's great. I hope you do continue because I think it's a, it's a fantastic platform. Yeah. Thank you. And even for, I know that your audience is nurses in general, but even for kids, high school kids, people thinking, you know, little kids thinking about what they want to be when they grow up and realizing that there are so many people that do all of these different things, uh, within nursing and, and are able to contribute because of their, their nursing background. I think it's probably a phenomenal uh, platform for that as well to bring up conversations with, with kids. 
Oh yeah, I think I forget, I think one day I was like googling something and um I don't I don't remember, but it was basically I was googling like a black nurse and I was like, "Oh, I need to get some biographical data on her." And then our our um meet our blog post which is on we post our blogs on medium.com so mm -hmm. that popped up and I was like oh wait we did you know a series on her so I was like let me click on this and then of course I found other resources but I was just thinking you know like what if there is somebody in like high school or college just googling and then like this just popped up and I was like oh my goodness like our reach is more than I thought <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it's really it's really cool how that could inspire somebody to get into nursing. Mm -hmm. And I think too, I've also, I'm probably going on a tangent, but too, I've been mm -hmm. thinking like, how do I make this interesting? And how do I make this creative? Because I think a lot of time when we talk about nurses of color, it's this like bleak and dark story of like mm -hmm. segregation or like their struggles and the challenges, which are very true. Like, you know, they went through these struggles and challenges, but there's mm -hmm. also this positive aspect of like, how did they overcome? Like, how did they form community? How have we helped each other throughout the years? And I think that's where I've, I've wanted to highlight those stories also, in addition to, you know, of course, our challenges, like, how do I make this colorful? How can I make this inspiring? Mm -hmm. um, that's something that I've been thinking through myself. So I think if you look on our blog, like we use these pastel colors, like, it's, it's of course captivating because we're thinking about like digital age, social media, like what gets someone's attention. So that's also been something I've been thinking about. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a great idea. I think there's so much to be learned from the challenges, but there's also so much to be learned from the positive aspects of people's journeys as well. Mm -hmm. You know, giving other people hope people who are in a bad situation and giving them an opportunity to see what's on the other side of things mm -hmm. when you work through your challenges. Yeah. What is going to be next on the horizon? I mean, how long, are, how, when are you finished your PhD? Uh, oh man. <laughs> all right. All right. Maybe we could scrap that question if you want. No, you're, you're fine. I'm a, so I'm actually, I'm a second year doctoral student. I actually mm -hmm. just finished my comprehensive exams. Woo, woo. Um, so Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So I think right now I'm just trying to, I definitely, I'm like, I need to read more. I need to read and think. Um, so maybe a few more years, I'm still taking some more coursework, trying to put my thoughts together and like, you know, what are my own next steps? I'm still thinking about that. So probably still doing some more coursework, some reading, doing nurses you should know. Um, mm -hmm. So probably about three more years, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> are you still practicing clinically? Uh, so I was working per diem my first year, but this year it just got too much. <laughs> so yeah. I took a break, but I am missing the bedside. Like I was telling my classmate, I was like, I really, I just miss working at the bedside. And I know in the beginning, I was like, you know, I was getting bored. It got so repetitive, but now I'm mm -hmm. like, I want to go back. I definitely miss like that patient interaction mm -hmm. because I don't know, it was, it was also an adrenaline rush because I worked in an ICU. So it was like, what mm -hmm. am I going to get in today? And, you know, it was also always interesting just talking with families and hearing their stories. I was, I was talkative. So I was always talking <laughs> to them. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely missing that aspect. I feel like I just need to get more situated in like the PhD program and figure out what I'm doing. And then I'll probably work per diem again. Is there anything else that you would like to touch on before we wrap up? 
thing to touch on, but I feel like nurses, you should know. <laughs> it's a, it's a very, mm-hmm. this was like on the fly, like just a project that we came up, it come up, came up with. And we all came at it from different perspectives of things that we noticed, like what was wrong in nursing. Like we wanted to talk more about nursing history. How do we incorporate it into education? How do we highlight stories of nurses of color? So I feel like nurses, you should know, is not, this is not the end. Like, this is not how you fix a lot of our issues, but it is, I feel like, a first step in making, like, just the narratives and stories of people more accessible. This is just a way to share some stories. So I think we're definitely still thinking through, like, how do we want to make this project more meaningful and impactful within nursing? Because at the end of the day, I think we want to make sure that we're highlighting nurses of color and just all nurses our struggles, our challenges, and things that we do well. But I think how can we help provide better care to our patients? You know, like how can we make us more culturally competent and prove our diversity? So I feel like nurses, you should know, it's not an end-all be-all, but it is a first step for us. And we're always inviting, you know, people to work with us, to volunteer, like literally anyone who wants to work with us and join us, please just email us. I think our email is nurses, you should know at gmail.com because we're always looking for people with new ideas. Like what can we be doing better? Better, or like mm-hmm. how can we shape our thought to you know better serve like patients and like highlight some of these stories so always looking for feedback and help <laughs> <laughs> well raven it was an absolute pleasure thank you so much for your time I'm, I'm really inspired by the work that you're doing promoting the profession thank you it was so great speaking with you i had a great time just sharing my, i love talking about myself so i really enjoyed <laughs> talking about myself and this um project Hello, Marion. Hello, Angela. How's it going? It's amazing. How are you? I am great. I really enjoyed your conversation with Raven. She's just doing such cool work and how she took her passion from her undergrad degree in African-American studies and then rolled that into the work that she's doing around nursing history And then that led her to this social media campaign, Nurses You Should Know. I mean, the whole thing, it was just a really great story. I really enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, she was so wonderful to talk to. I get so excited when I speak to people who are really living out their passions. And I feel like she's one of those people. She, this is a cause that she really believes in and she integrates it into everything in her life. And it's, it's fantastic. And I can only imagine how much, how much good it's doing for other people to see all these things and to learn all of this, this stuff about the history of nursing. You guys talk about how in nursing school, you hear about Florence Nightingale as being the person who really started the nursing profession. Yes, maybe she was one of them, but she was not the only one. And there are so many other nurses of color who were doing the same work um, around that same time who get no recognition. And the Nurses You Should Know campaign is trying to change that. And I couldn't love that more. I really couldn't. I mean, we hear this all the time in the interviews we've done about how nurses who we talked to didn't feel represented in nursing school or in the nursing profession. You say it in the interview, right? The nursing profession is vast majority white women. And we really need projects like this to just highlight all of the people in nursing who were leading the way back then and today. Yes. And it 
I think the thing that's really important as we move forward is it's yes and it's not either or. Yep. We're not putting down anything that anyone else has done. We're just making sure that we push voices to the forefront that didn't always have that stage. And I, I, I'm so excited to see what, what she does moving forward. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa DiDonato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing with special thanks to our Department of Information Technology Services for their assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through. We want to thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing podcast and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And if you can do us a solid, please rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.